Well, this is it. First episode of Inside Your Head with Shannon Staniford. Now, uh, admittedly, pretty nervous about this. You know, uh, doing the, doing a podcast, talking for this long, um, uh, about stuff that's hard to talk about. Um, there's a lot of people that just don't want to talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable, uh, makes them feel weak, makes them feel, uh, like everyone's looking at them, people saying that they're just trying to get attention, um, and or they're just, anytime they try to talk about it, they are constantly ignored. Um, that doesn't work for me. That does not, uh, I'm not good with that. So, um, we're going to do this first episode. This is, uh, all right, let's get into it. So I figured if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to show everyone what I'm talking about, what I want, what, what I want to try to do. Um, uh, so I'm, my first guest is me. I'm going to talk about the things that, uh, I don't ever talk about, uh, you know, or maybe that, uh, I've just now started talking about. So I'm just gonna, so I'm just gonna go. So my, in my life, I've had to deal with so much stuff. Um, and, uh, let's start with, uh, some of the big ones. Um, growing up, I had a small, you know, I got, I had, I had, I had a pretty good childhood, but, uh, my mom uh, was one of the biggest inspirations that I've ever had because she did it mostly by herself. Uh, I mean, my grandma was there and my aunt and my uncle were there. Um, I had an amazing support system. Uh, I was raised by very strong females and uh, I, to this day, um, thank them for everything they, they taught me about uh, how to treat a woman, how to, how to do all that. Um, you know, it was like, my dad was not really around a lot because, you know, honestly, I don't know. Uh, he didn't really want to be, didn't care to be, uh, whatever excuses that he had, he just wasn't. Uh, and whenever he was around, I, it was one of those, I never really felt comfortable as a child being around him. Uh, and, uh, and, in reality, it also kind of made me feel, uh, in, in my younger days, kind of, I felt like I wasn't worth, you know, anything. Like, if my dad wasn't around, uh, then I wasn't worth it to anybody else. Um, I mean, my mom did, did try her best, and she did, she did her best, um, to show all of us kids love, but... You know, I mean, there are some things you need your dad around for, you know, you know, you need that, you, you need your dad to be around whenever you, uh, you play your first basketball game, your, uh, your first soccer game. Um, you need your dad to teach you how to be a man. And, you know, um, I learned how to be a man by my mom. Uh, I had some amazing friends that their dads would try to pick up where, uh, my dad was around for, uh. I mean, I had a stepdad, but he was a piece of shit. Um, 
not the current one that I have now. Uh, the stepdad that I have now is uh, is awesome. Um, he uh, he try he he tries really hard to help me, and uh, he's 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 a great guy. But the stepdad I had whenever I was growing up was a fucking douchebag, and uh, we never got along. Uh, there was a lot of things about him that uh, was just sketchy and wrong, and we'll get into that uh, at a later time. Uh, so, you know, growing up, I didn't have, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a, have, uh, a dad. I didn't felt like, uh, I was, I was kind of feeling like I did not have a, you know, a male influence in my life. Um, you know, like I said, my mom did her best, but, you know, you, you can only, you can only do so much. Um, and then, uh, growing up, it was... It was hard because, you know, like, um, I, like, my older brother, I, at the time, like, growing up, I worshipped him, you know, like, I, I, like, I wanted to be, uh, like him, I wanted to gain his acceptance, so, like, I would do anything, and I would do everything, uh, hoping to be accepted by him, um, and admittedly, you know, um, that was the wrong way to go about things, um, like, for years, me and him just, like, we just, we didn't gel. We didn't get along very well. Um, we have two polar opposite personalities. Um, I, he's quiet, reserved, um, you know, and I'm not. <laughs> Anyone that knows the two of us knows that I am not a reserved person. Uh, I mean, I can be in certain situations, but as far as, like, me and my brother go, uh, we are complete opposite people. Uh, and, you know, years later, you know, like, we, we finally got to an area where, um, we're not, you know, at each other's throats, um, we're not, like, disrespecting each other on purpose, you know, um, we're, uh, we're in a good place. Um, but at the time, I mean, all I wanted was for his approval, and, like, I never really felt like I got it, um, if there were like, if there was a list of people that I wanted to make proud of me, it was uh, it was my my grandmother, my mom, um, my brother, uh, and then my sister, um, and then like everybody else, and then I think my grandma loves me so much that you know, like I getting that wasn't wasn't a problem. Uh, my mom the same way. Uh, but my brother was one of those uh, ones that it was very hard to tell if he was ever really proud of me, um, no matter what I did. So, um, and I guess, you know, maybe it was due to the fact that, like, neither of us had a male influence in our, in our young lives that uh, maybe we just didn't know how to, uh, like, really show it. Um, and that's, what, that's one of those things, like, we weren't shown how to be a, a guy through a guy's mind we were showed how to be a guy through um the in and outs of friends' fathers or our mother or you know like our our uncle uh our un our uncles so i mean i mean growing up like that i mean you really don't you're not really taught how to be uh you're not get you're not given the the building blocks for a successful and uh, great life. Um, 
but you do what, what you can and you and, and you do everything uh that you can to become a good person um but you know like grow you know, like looking back i think you know like um i looked at my uh at my childhood and uh, the other day and i thought to myself you know if i didn't have that life's life growing up would i still be the person that i am today and the person that i am today is someone that like is respected by other people that is admired and is inspired so like if i didn't have that growing up would i be this person I mean, and that's the, that's the kind of, uh, these are the kind of life decisions that, you know, you, you think about, um, and it does come into, come into factor, uh, with other horrible things that, you know, gone on. Um, I mean, let's see here, uh, one of the other things that, you know, like, that I don't talk about, and this was... So this is the thing that um, was the major, one of the major catalysts uh, of my life. Um, so 15 years ago, almost 15 years ago, my girlfriend, Rachel, was killed in a car accident. And I still remember the day I still remember getting the phone call and I remember just collapsing bit every bit of bit of rage every thing that I have ever done that I I, I broke um, I I remember waking up that day because I had some I had some issues going on and I was uh, I had crashed over my aunt's apartment she lived right in front of me and I remember uh, the phone ringing and I remember my sister on the other line telling me that Rachel was killed in a car wreck and my heart sank and I could just feel every ounce of pain in me my body my soul my heart my mind was screaming so much I mean, everybody has that, you know, like, oh, this can't be real, this can't be real hat moment in their life. Um, that was mine. Because several days beforehand, on February 15th, day after Valentine's Day, was the last day that I saw her. The last thing she ever said to me said I love you it was the first time she said it see at the time I didn't know that I didn't really hear her and whenever I asked her what she said she said nothing 
shut the door, walked away. Or, well, shut the door, got into her car, and left. It wasn't until five minutes later that I realized what she said. And I would confirm it later at the funeral. February 15th, 2005, was the last time that I saw my girlfriend. And that day, that night, I went to bed thinking to myself, man, she's really, really into me. Why didn't you tell her that you loved her? Because you did. Because you do. But I was fighting myself because at the time, I wasn't sure what I wanted. I was fighting knowing that I wanted to be with her, but I couldn't say it because I wasn't ready to be that man. And it kills me inside every day. And I just didn't say it. And it bothers me whenever I hear friends or strangers talk about how much they really care for somebody, but they don't say it because they're afraid of what the other person might say. Don't do that. Because the worst thing in life is the, it's not the things that you say. It's truly the things that you don't. I, I loved Rachel. I still very much do. She is a big part of my life still. I miss her. And I have to, and there are days that I wonder what would have happened if she hadn't if she hadn't got hit by that by that vehicle, if she hadn't passed away, would we have been together? Would we have survived and gotten gotten married and had that happily ever after? Had had kids and had a family, but I don't. That's not what happened. What had happened was that she was hit by a car. She passed away. And I would go on and I would have three wonderful kids with two amazing ladies and adopt a fourth one who I helped raise. And that question becomes now of, if that didn't happen, would I have what I have now? Do, can I live in two different realities where uh, in one reality I have a girlfriend that I love and miss so very much and wish things would have been different? and have her with me now. Yeah. 
and also live in a reality where she's not here. I have these amazing kids that I love very much. It's a very hard balance, and it's probably an unhealthy balance. But I, 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 I've been told several times by so many people that you just gotta forget her. You just gotta, you just gotta let it go. I can't let it go because to me. February 17th, 2005, that was yesterday. February 17th, 2005, that was yesterday. In my head, that was yesterday. It's a day I can't ever leave. And it's affected my life so much that it's it's been very hard to um, move on. You know, you make you meet new new girls, and uh, you try to have these relationships with them. But deep deep inside my own head, I'm thinking to myself: at any minute, these girls could sleep by force or by choice. These women could leave. They can get in their car. They can go to the store. On their way to the store, they can they can get hit by a car. And then I'm back in, in that place again. And I pushed these girls away. And I never really truly committed to any of them. And I know this now. I looked back and I said, and I thought to myself, I never truly gave myself to any of them. Because in my heart I didn't want to lose them so if I'm not truly with them mentally physically emotionally spiritually then I then if they left I can't get hurt again and that's the thing you know I had been trying to protect myself so much by mentally putting this in my head that you have you know, you're living in two different worlds and you're trying to balance your own sanity but at the same time you're screwing yourself up because you're afraid of things that you can't control and that's what I'm doing I had I've dated an amazing array of women, all women that, you know, deserve way more than I could have ever given them, and they do. I love all of them, you know, I mean, as friends, um, I've, I've loved them all, and I wish all of the, I wish all of my exes the ability to be happy. And I'm sorry that, you know, uh, there's parts of me that I feel like that was never going to be me, with me. And uh, it was just, to me, it, it would always feel like a big, gigantic waste of time. And that, it's a rough thing to, you know, to admit to yourself that, 
you know, you are, you're, you are doing this. You know, I mean, for the longest time, even when I was dating them, I put myself in this huge hole and I just kept digging and I kept digging and I kept digging, telling myself that I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of happiness because I can't be happy. I cannot truly be happy. And all I'm doing is making these women, these people in my life, I'm making their life so much worse because I can't be happy. And I can't make them happy the way that they should be, you know? It's very... It's frustrating. So, I, I think to myself, what am I going to do? You know? So I purpose, you know, there was times where I self-sabotaged the relationship knowing that, like, I couldn't leave the, leave the relationship a lot of the times because I didn't want to be the one that hurt somebody. Knowing everything that I went through, I could not hurt other people, so I would screw up the relationship somehow, some way, to where they would leave. This is where I became a little bit toxic because whenever they left I made them feel like they were a horrible person like that I was the best thing that they could have ever had in their entire life and in reality I was not and that is a hard lesson to learn and a, and a tough thing to admit me whenever you realize that you were just as toxic as everybody that you've ever met that was the same way and that you absolutely despised you became that person, and that is a fucking tough thing to, to admit to yourself. In life, there are times whenever you really just sit back and you think to yourself, what a fucking idiot I am. And that was one of those moments. I sat back the other day and I realized just how big of an idiot I was, and how much of a hypocrite I I was all these times that I was telling all of these women that I know and all these guys that I know of uh, like you cannot be with toxic people whenever the guy that they're talking to the guy that they're asking for advice did the same fucking thing it's a gigantic freaking hypocrite and it's not fair it wasn't fair and as my depression started to spiral out of control, I slowly just went inside my own head. And that's and finding out that there's other people in my own head that would take over whenever things were so tough and they were so rough that I could not mentally handle it. I had people inside my head that lived there that were just trying to protect me would come out. And sometimes, yes, they would screw things up. And sometimes these personalities are, are, are not people that I would want to like, showcase to the world. But they came out, and in the end, all they're trying to do is protect me from a reality that I, is just too much. I would disassociate into my own head. Mo 
multiple personalities in my head are there. And it's it's tough and it's embarrassing and sometimes I I just can't talk about it. And I work so hard to stay up in a stress-free environment and to make sure that I cannot step into my own head and let someone else take over. I have worked too hard to do that. But then depression just, you know, that's the thing about depression and whenever you're battling so much that you just lose focus and other things start taking effect. You know, I spent so much time trying to make sure that my mind is right and I'm stretching myself out so much between work, you know, and my, and being a, be, trying to be a, a better father than like the one that I had growing up. No, no disrespect to my dad now, but like, we, I didn't feel like I had one, so I had to be a better one. Excuse me. I worked all worked so hard to be a better dad. I you know like to work multiple jobs to to make sure that I never that I didn't let the loneliness set in. You know, like my dream of professional wrestling, I had to retire because of health and concussion issues you know i mean my dream was gone i'm working so much i'm trying to be a good dad i'm trying to be a good friend like i'm not dating anyone because i'm afraid to be in a relationship but i'm also afraid to be alone so i have all this stuff going on still trying to help anyone that comes to me with a problem with you know like if, with questions if they need anything i am i'm there i'm i'm stretching myself out so much that i'm not realizing that the spiral that i'm in is just taking me deep inside the rabbit hole i'm going further into this darkness that i can't see what's what anymore and i start thinking to myself what's it all for i start looking around and I see, like, my kids have stepdads that are amazing, that love them. My kids have other male figures in their life that they absolutely adore and they love so much. That I, uh, I think, and I, and, I, and I start looking at my friends, like, I don't talk to my friends as much as I... I do because I've so I've disassociated myself so much from my entire life, my entire world, that I've become a non-factor. I have taken myself out of the equation, and I'm just a spectator. In the wrestling match of my life. I'm supposed to be in the ring. I'm supposed to be fighting. I'm supposed to be, you know, entertaining everybody. But where am I? Oh, am I in the stands? Absolutely not. Am I the referee? Absolutely not. I damn sure I'm not, not uh, in the ring wrestling. I'm not a wrestler. Where am I? I'm out in the parking lot. 
because I don't feel like I belong anymore. My girlfriend's dead. Any hope of normalcy is gone. I start, th I start looking at myself the way that other people look at me. I had messed up teeth. And everyone just assumed that I was on drugs. I'm super skinny. Everyone makes comments about my weight. I am known for being the nicest guy that anybody's ever met. And having crazy hair. Not one person knew that inside I was dying. I wanted, I wanted it all. I wanted it all to be done and over with. I, I was just done. I was done mentally. I just wanted, I just wanted it all to go away. And I started seriously thinking about suicide. Now, Growing up, I had been in some depressive moods, and I maybe did some attempts back in the day, drinking too much, you know, taking more pills than I should have. And there are a few occasions where I should have died, but I didn't. And as a man of faith, I started to, I started to wonder, maybe this isn't my time. Maybe I do have a bigger plan. Maybe there is a bigger plan for me. But that still didn't matter to me because at this, at this particular time, I'm so far into this darkness. I'm, I'm falling. I'm not even attempting to try to stop myself. I'm closing my eyes. And I'm just free-falling. Last year, I had decided that 2019 was going to be the year that, that it ends. That this was going to be my last year on earth. Selfishly, that's all I was thinking about. I didn't think about my kids. I figured they would have been fine. My friends, I didn't talk to much, many of them anyway, figured they wouldn't be okay. I knew my family would probably be a little, or a little, they'd be the ones that felt most of it. Because we've been through this before. But then something happened. I got a text message one day from my friend Katrina. And all it said is, I appreciate you. A text message out of nowhere on a very cold and lonely night 
where I'm just laying on my couch. Not watching TV. Not doing anything. Other than feeling the amount of pressure and darkness and pain and everything that you can possibly imagine in my head, in my soul, and in my heart. Feeling so alone, feeling so unappreciated, feeling so left out, feeling so undervalued. Everything that I have ever thought in my entire life, I'm going through it right then. And I get a text message from my friend. Three words. I appreciate you. And let me tell you something. I don't know what it was about that message. I don't know what happened inside me, but it was that moment, that single moment sparked something. And the days became a little bit easier. And my life started to change so much. Something it something about being told that you that they appreciate someone appreciates you out of nowhere with no context. She does not she did not know what was going on. I didn't ask I didn't say anything. It was just simple text message. And that's what I'm trying to say, people, is that a, a simple use of words, a, a simple thing can change your life. Just telling somebody that you love them, telling someone that you appreciate them can change someone's life. I know, because it happened to me. And it can happen to you too. You can change people's lives so much. You just have to open your eyes and see that the person that you think is just happy and smiling and, and just joking all the time, that maybe deep down he, he or she is not in a good place. Appreciate that person. Love that person. Fight with that person. Fight for that person. Because they can't. Life is funny, you know. I spent so the last almost 15 years being so depressed about losing the love of my life that there was absolutely no way that I would thought that I could ever feel that way about anybody or anything. But last year proved to me that I was wrong because last year I got a text message from somebody that said that they appreciate me, and that sparked the winds of change. That opened the gates. And I truly started to think, think for myself and believe in myself. And I worked harder than ever. And I never once stopped to think to myself, this person that I am is the person that I want to be. No. Every day. Every single second, every single moment of the day, I think, how can I be better? What can I do to be better? Not for me. Not for other people. 
I don't care who I'm better for. I just know that I want to be better. All my roads, everything that I've done, I feel has been connected. If I hadn't have gone through all that, I wouldn't be here. If I hadn't lost my girlfriend February 17th, 2005, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. If my dad was around whenever I was a, a little kid, would I have been, or would I be the man that I am today? I don't know. If my uncle hadn't passed away from suicide, would I be the man that I am today? Would things be different? If I could go back in time and tell myself growing up that, gro that going through all this would make me into the person that he sees before him, and that be a good thing, would I do it? Absolutely. Because you have to go through, through hell to get to heaven. You have to go through all this darkness and pain and and despair sometimes, and you have to, and you have to go through all this stuff to get to the place where you are destined to be, the person that you're destined to be. There's not a person out there in this world who right now thinks they are unimportant, that they're unlovable, that they're worthless. Every single one of you if you're listening to this, every single person that's ever felt like that, you're not. You're not worthless. You're not unlovable. You are important. For every person that has ever said to me, you don't belong. You don't belong here. You are not good enough. You don't look a certain way. You don't act a certain way. To all those people, I say, fuck you. I'm not here to belong. I am here. I exist. I matter. I'm not here for you. I'm here for me. God put me on this planet to inspire people. I truly believe that. Now, I don't care what your, your form of religion is or what you, what you think ideology in your ideology, you know, whatever. I'm not editing this out, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Your ideology doesn't matter. I don't care what you believe in. I just want you to believe in you. The way that I believe in you. I'm not a I'm not a polit I'm not a PC person. I hate politically correct stuff. But I don't care. I don't care 
about your background. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're trans. I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, purple, or John Wayne's head on a fucking robot. The thing that I care about is the heart in that per in this person. The heart in the person that's listening to this right now. I care about you. The one that is constantly not being looked at. You feel alone. You feel lost. You're not lost anymore. There are people in this world, there are good people in this world that want to help you. That will help you. I have been blessed to find these people. And it took me so long. But you don't have to do it alone. I didn't have to do it alone. But I did it. I made that choice. You don't have to. There is not a person in this world that I don't believe in. There's not a person in this world that isn't worth fighting for. There's not a person in this world that is not capable of change. If you feel ignored, if you feel left out, I don't care if you want to take pills, I don't care if you want to cut yourself, I don't care if you use whatever coping mechanisms that you, that you think that makes you feel better. That's just a temporary thing. There's someone that I love right now that is going through something so, so hard. And I can't be there physically to help her. But if she's listening, I love you. I want you here. If the whole world is ignoring you, you come into mine. That's just, that goes to everyone else too. If the whole world is ignoring you, the whole world tells you that you're not enough. If the whole world is telling you that you don't belong, you come to my world. Because in my world, everybody belongs. You matter. Every single person listening or not matters. Last year, I was supposed to. I was going to kill myself. It's going to end it all. But I didn't. 
last year was an awakening. And I honestly think that it was an awakening to something so much better. I've seen goodness in people. I've seen amazing things. I've seen, seen people rise after they've fallen. And I have seen people do extraordinary things. I've seen people give without any thought of their own. I've seen people love unconditionally. I've seen best friends find each other. I've seen strangers fall in love. Two thousand nineteen was supposed to be the year that was the end of everything. In a sense, it was. Two thousand nineteen was the end the old shame. It's the end of a whole other life. You can have that too. Believe in yourself. Know that you matter. Because you know what? Unequivocally and undeniably, I love you all. And I appreciate you. Hey, before I close this uh, episode out with the uh with the outro I want to do a quick PSA for a couple things um, so lately the big thing and it should should have always been a thing a big thing is uh, we're fighting back against child sex trafficking uh, children's lives matter uh, what has gone on throughout the throughout time to these children is fucking horrible it's disgusting, and it, and it stops now. We are, as a whole, as a society, we should be done with all this. This should not be a fucking thing. So I'm going to throw out some, uh, some numbers. If you know something, if you know somebody, whatever it is, I'm going to throw some numbers out, and let's get this taken care of. So here in the United States, the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1- Eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. They're open twenty four hours, seven days a week. English, Spanish, and two hundred more languages. Their website is humantraffickinghotline.org. Uh, their SMS text help to two three three seven three three. So sex trafficking. This stops now save our children they deserve better they absolutely deserve better and another thing uh with the passing of my friend daisy coleman last week talked about how she committed suicide 
Uh, I want to throw out another number. Uh, Here in the States, it's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 24 hours, English, Spanish. The number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Please, your life matters. I know things are difficult and I know things are tough, but I guarantee you they matter to me. They matter to so many other people. So please do not quit. Do not give up fighting. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I guarantee you that you do not need to give up right now or ever. Reach out. Call this number. Call call a friend. Call a stranger. I don't care. There are groups online that will that can help you. There's there's so many people that can help you. So just yeah. You matter. Just your life matters. Children's lives matter. It's time that we take a stand, not just for mental health, but for our children. This is our future that we're talking about. 